It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com. Yes, a very good afternoon and welcome in in a historic day, a wonderful day, a day of nationalism. Congratulations to the Black Ferns getting up and beating England 34-31 to win their sixth Women's World Cup title. 42,000 people at Eden Park. I've got to say congratulations to Ricky Swinnell, a wonderful call there on an historic moment, a game-changing game for women's rugby. Just a wonderful advertisement of how good this game is, how good this game is going to be. I didn't think that perhaps the hype and the drama could be replicated from last week's semi-final against the French, but it exceeded it. It went beyond. Congratulations also to England. They have set the standard over the last three years. 30 games unbeaten. And then they lose another World Cup final to the Black Ferns. Love you to get on the phone. Tell us how you're feeling. Tell us your thoughts on the game. 0800 150 811. You can text your thoughts here on 8833. Joining me in studio, a man who knows all about the big stage, knows all about playing in World Cup finals. He played 79 tests for the All Blacks, Ian Jones. Good afternoon, Ian. Yeah, good afternoon, Water. Good afternoon, listeners. Congratulations to the ladies, the Black Ferns, everyone involved. Uh, with the Blackburn squad, the management, but also to the crowd that turned up, the 45,000 people. It was a sea of black. What an incredible atmosphere. It was like being at a rock concert. Um, and they really did. Whilst the girls performed out in the field for the 80 minutes, it was a crowd that absolutely pushed them across the line and kept inspiring them. It was wonderful, wonderful theatre. And we are so, so very proud of what they've done. Well, I think what made the game so remarkable is just the ebbs and flows. Just when you think one team's got the ascendancy and the result's going to go the way of England, New Zealand suddenly jump back in front. Everybody's got their emotions up. Everybody's believing England strike back again. Your heads drop, your heart sinks, and you're sitting there. And by the end of it, you're a nervous wreck. I'd imagine that maybe not today, but tomorrow, there's going to be a lot of people around the country with adrenaline fatigue. Well, there's a classic little Westley coming, blowing down, Eden. Park, so the girls, the Black Ferns are playing into it. In the first half, they had the belief to keep the ball in hand. They were pinned down territory-wise a lot uh, in their own half, and it was very hard to clear that line. England capitalised, got the tries that you saw, but also had this belief, and we, we need to touch, it's all about the girls, right, the players out there, but also we need to touch a little bit about the coaching staff. I knew Wayne Smith would have something up his sleeve at half-time, brings them together, he would have articulated three points that he needed in that second 40. And we saw a little bit better kicking game, a long kicking game, Kendra Cox says in particular, in that second half. It just kind of broke up the game, got us the territory we needed, but they believed what they believed in, what they were doing. They stayed true to what they are doing right to the very bitter end where we had the opportunity to kick for a line-out, restart, no, quick tap, and let's go. Let's play with the belief uh, that they've installed over the last four or five months. But, man, what, a, what an incredible game from the Haka 
right to the very end, that last uh, line out in the last 80th minute, that the whole the whole occasion lived up to um, what a Rugby World Cup final should be. Yeah, and two early tries to England. Everybody's suddenly thinking, going, oh no, oh no. We haven't been able to bounce back from the emotion a week ago. We haven't got the experience. We haven't had to deal with that. And then they maintain their composure. Key moment, Lydia Thompson picking up the red card for England, suddenly 15 on 14. We get a bit of a sniff, and then we started to get the belief. And as you mentioned, I do want to say this, without doubt, in my opinion, Wayne Smith, the best rugby coach in the world, they call him the professor for the reason. And I think when he left that all-black environment and with Hanson back in 2018, I think we then started to see a little bit of a decline in the all-black. So well done to Wayne Smith. Um, fingers crossed that somehow... He can be retained in that position and he can be continue to be involved in women's rugby going forward because massive, massive difference to that team. Yeah, absolutely. And with the greatest respect to Wayne Smith, but Graham Henry as well, the whole coaching staff, he, he's done a wonderful job and set a platform. There'll be someone else that will come over and take over from Wayne Smith. That's nothing derogatory about Wayne Smith. He's done an amazing job, but there will be other people stood up. And, and so he's given... A platform. It's up to someone else now to take it to the next step. But the great thing about Wayne Smith, he, he installs so much belief in you as a player. He just lets you do your job, not the job of the other 14 players out there. And funny, Wano, when you get to be coached by a guy like Wayne Smith, when you play at the very elite level, like the Black Ferns, like the All Blacks, the game can come a little bit selfish in a way that you actually only have to, and this is what Wayne Smith wants you to do, only worry about your job. You've got to roll out there. The other 14 players around you have their roll out there. And collectively, boy, you can become unstoppable. It's a moment when you don't exactly know what you are uh, being asked to deliver, that you are maybe questioning how, how someone else is performing or trying to cover for someone else, so therefore do two roles. That's when it becomes unstuck. And Wayne Smith just allows you to do your job, gives you all the tools you need to do your job, the belief to do your job, and, man, when, when a player, when a coach, sorry, believes in you, you can do extraordinary things as a player. 0800 150 811 is the number. 0800 851 is the, sorry, 0800 150 is the number. You can text us here on double eight double three. Uh, look, as I said last week, it's really easy when the All Blacks lose and we, we can jump up and down and have some pretty strong opinion and discussion around whether Ian Foster should be sacked or not. But this really is a monumental moment, a, a, a game-changing moment for women's rugby. And I'd love people out there to jump on and celebrate this, um, enjoy the moment for what it is, because it was special. Eden Park made it special. The players made it special. Sixth Women's World Cup. But the game has evolved, it's moved on, I think making this one arguably the best of those six, even though they somehow managed to find a way of winning, uh, what was it, four, five years ago when they did play in Belfast. 0800 150 811 is the number. Yeah, a lot of people jump on to those phone lines or the texts as well and tell us your story about your journey to Eden Park, how you enjoyed that experience because there's 45,000 people there, but 
plenty around the country couldn't make it to Eden Park, of course. They had to watch it on TV. So paint the picture for us because the girls absolutely performed out there. But, boy, that crowd, that atmosphere at Eden Park, home advantage is, in my opinion, what a, a real thing in all sports. Oh, look, absolutely. It's a real you've thing. only got to see Liverpool at Anfield. You've only got to see the effect Eden Park. All Blacks haven't lost there since 94. So that crowd absolutely played yeah, their role. You are the 16th man. And the great stadiums around the world, the great... Um, sports teams with a rich history will always ask for the crowd to lift them. And we've seen that so many times. That's why it makes it so difficult sometimes for sides to go away and win. Even though you might go away as the clear-cut favourite, you've got to do it sometimes in a very, very hostile environment. You only look at places, I think it's Munster, where they go dead quiet when they kick penalties. Now, we're not used to that. How um, off-putting is that suddenly? Normally expecting to be jeered and people trying to put you off, they go dead quiet. And they're those little subtleties. They're those idiosyncrasies which make it difficult. And I think combined with the crowd, the red card, Wayne Smith, the improvement, the belief, we found that elusive 0.1% performance, which sometimes can be the difference between good and great. All sport, Wado, is theatre. All sport is emotion. You cannot take emotion out of it. How you handle that emotion, use it uh, as a tool and, and thrive on that emotion, or do you get tense and tight and nervous and actually don't exceed or play to your expectations. So the emotion around Eden Park last night, the emotion for the last, what, three or four weeks of this tournament has just built and built and built. The ladies got built on that emotion. They used that emotion and they use it in the right positive way. So thank you once more to the Black Ferns. 0800 is the number. Hi, Graham. Oh, g'day, Mark. G'day, Ian. How are you guys? Yeah, great, Graham. Oh, yeah, fantastic one. Yeah, I, 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 it was one of the great games. I mean... You know, it's certainly the best women's game I've ever seen. I don't mean that in a patronising way. I mean, it, last week was brilliant, but that that just went to a new level. And I, it was two great teams out there. You know, the English. I heard some people say, "Oh, the English were boring and played in the forwards," but they played to their strength. They had a steam, a Sherman tank division there in that English forward pack. And and I thought, you know, how are they going to stop them? But but Wayne Smith and his team had devised a plan. You know, to to that we have to win it without it, you know, you know, we're not going to win it by smashing it up the middle. They went wide, they were clever moves too, great passing, and, and you know, Stacey Fuller, you know, just, you know, she was just absolutely magic, and, and obviously Kendra Coxedge, I, I know reasonably well, you know, because she played here for Canterbury for many years, and, you know, it was a great way for her to finish up, you know, and there was so much drama, the red card, Portia Woodman going off, one of our best players, you know, and as you say, the... Um, that that finish, you know, it was um, just absolutely amazing, really. I mean, I, I know someone who was up there and <laughs> very envious of the fact they got to that game. But, yeah, well done to the Black Ferns and Wayne Smith, you know. Mm. You know, he is a master coach, as you say, um, Mark, and he's just, you know, he's just done so much for so many different rugby teams around the joint and just in this country, you know. Graham, and, one of the uh, things I loved about watching that game last night, and you did touch on some of the key players, but those key players didn't try and win it themselves. They absolutely stuck to the game plan that they believed in. They trusted that game plan. They didn't go away from it from the 80 minutes. Not one player stepped out, out of line to try and win it themselves. They were very, very tight and collective. And when the reserve players came on, they knew once more what Wayne Smith installed them. They knew their job, what they had to do. They stayed in that system. So the discipline to do that during the course of a, a match that ebbed and flowed 
and had so many moments in it. As once more, I think, a, a big tick to the Black Ferns, but gee, on the other side, England were good. England, as what I said, set the standard. I love the way I had to say that England stood like this white wall right across the field of Eden Park and just staunch as some of them mm. with their arms crossed, some with a little bit of fear in their eyes, most just absolutely up for the fight. And I thought, well done, England. You are here to play. But it also, Graham, does just demonstrate too that World Cups are very different to test series. It's all about a one-off. It's all about the occasion, which I think part of the reason I get frustrated when teams start planning for World Cups four years out because I'm not sure that it's necessarily realistic. I think that you can't necessarily cater for injury and you still can't always control it and you do get a hostile crowd, you do get a team that's on the up who might have been in the wilderness for three or four years and suddenly... They just get that momentum, and we saw that with this Black Ferns team. Because to be honest, for the last 18 months, prior to maybe two months ago, they've actually been pretty damn awful, to be honest. Well, that's right. And what you're saying about World Cups is correct. Look at this team. You know, there was a, it was a debacle last year, played England and France, and um, maybe Ireland. But I know they lost England and France. And you know, think you think to our first World Cup one in 87, you know, the year before there was... We'd lost tests. Um, there'd been the Cavaliers tour. This whole idea that you got to have, you know, like a training camp for four, for for four years, and um, it, you know, I just think it's just not the right way. And it, you know, Wayne Smith allows people to be themselves, and you know, that's why people like Ruby Tui and the Kendra Coxedge is, you know, great personalities. But they got the game plan. They got to play it, but they also. They, they express, I know it gets used a lot to express themselves, but they actually do express themselves genuinely rather than, mm. you know, some forced thing. You know, the whole, yeah, you can win World Cups after a year of disarray. There's just no question that, you know, that's just, that was just proved to, the, you know, last night in, in Auckland, mm. you know, absolutely. Yeah, hey, look, Graham. thank you for your call. Appreciate it, as always. Great way to kick the show off. 0800 150 811 is the number. Taking your calls as we celebrate the Black Ferns victory over a very good England team by 34 points to 31. It had it all. You're on the edge of your seat. The adrenaline rush, the disappointment, it was a metaphor for life, all incorporated in about 80 minutes. What I do say about the women's game is I love the way that we're not constantly resetting the scrum. I think it flows a lot more. Um, we don't tend to have um, as much arguing with referees. I think the players seem to get on with it a little bit more and there doesn't seem to be so much discussion in and around the contact, in and around the breakdown. Yeah, and I think the other big point uh, watching the women's game, in particular the Black Ferns, is we don't have a long kicking game. No, and, uh, and none of them do. And, and, well, England had a better kicking game yep. out, out of hand than we do. Yep. Therefore, they played territory. Therefore, they you know uh, dominated from that territory, the position and the points. But because we didn't have a long kicking game and the odd little dink that we did, we tried to keep it in hand. We just, you know, it's a risk and reward. Uh, so I think that's a big difference. And we look, we can't compare. And, and they are brilliant, two individual teams, the Black Ferns and the All Blacks. They, they are under the one identity, New Zealand Rugby Union, where strength in numbers will build together uh, as two black team, uh, two all-black teams. But we are different teams, yep. different traditions, yep. 
And, and look, and, and I think for the women's game going forward, it is about now the development of Canada. It's about the likes of Scotland and Ireland and those teams now lifting their game so that we're not from three teams. We end up getting to four. We end up getting to five. It's not there at the moment. But in 30 to 40 years, we might end up having eight or nine teams. It's taken time in the men's game for the likes of Argentina to suddenly become genuine contenders. It's taken a long time for Ireland, I think, to genuinely come in and be genuine contenders in the men's game. We saw Wales um, this morning get up and beat Argentina. Argentina, it's been really a long time since they've become genuine contenders. So just let this evolve, just let this organically grow. And what was so pleasing about last week and this week, rugby did its talking. It wasn't a whole lot of people with agendas. It wasn't a whole lot of politicising. The game sold itself to the public and let the game continue to sell itself to the public. Take the politics out of it. Take the whole women's rights thing out of it. Let's just enjoy this. Let's just these athletes get on with it and enjoy playing rugby. I was I think about that my bike ride this morning. What? How do we take advantage of? Well, that's the challenge. How do we take advantage of that? Here in New Zealand, we do have the framework. We have the platform to take advantage of it in the clubs, right? All the clubs, all the schools, they're ready. They can go. You sign up. You play. Great coaching. Uh, we'll get the resources. We've got some great mentors. We've got some great inspiration. In the Blackfords. Fine here, I think in New Zealand, we really can take advantage of it. it really, now goes the onus goes to World Rugby. And how can they put tournaments together? Can they put yep. tours together? Can we get more international yep. rugby? And we really need to take advantage of that now. So a lot of these girls are sevens exponents, right? How, how are we going to get them playing more 15s, if that's yep. the way the game wants to go, more international rugby? Because the more we play, the better the Canadians, the better the Americans, yep. the better the French, Correct. the better the Australians will become over time. If you don't have those games... Well, they're not going to develop. Yeah, yeah, but I'm hoping that what we saw last week and what we saw tonight will do what I think sevens at the Olympics has done for women's sevens. In 2016, realistically, there were two teams who only ever had a chance of winning that gold medal. Then we went to Tokyo five years later. Suddenly Fiji, who were not much in 2016, almost knocked us out in the semi-final. Then we had the likes of France. You know, we have Australia. Suddenly had four or five teams contesting it over a five-year period. How many teams will contest the sevens in Paris in 224? You'd imagine one or two more will started to have lifted their game because of the resource put into it. You need to have that pinnacle event. You needed to have what we had last night to inspire a generation to create the demand at a grassroots level for these rugby unions to step up, to invest in it, for coaches to start taking it seriously and have that pathway. And I think... The best thing that could have been done was that semi-final last week and that final last night. Yeah, and now World Rugby and New Zealand Rugby, because I know we've got the platform for the clubs, no question about that. We now have to put a schedule of matches for the Black Ferns for the next three or four years. So whoever the new coach is coming in has a job for a start, has some games to, to, to uh, focus on. Um, and, and a pathway for the players to go on. That has to happen yeah. pretty damn quickly. But at the moment, we should just celebrate last night's game, celebrate these players, the joy. And we've heard this so often from the coaching staff, Wayne Smith in particular, the joy that these ladies bring to our wonderful game. It's an amazing game, Waddo. We love the game oh, of rugby. Oh, no, look, oh, oh, and oh, oh, these girls kind of yeah. just inspired us once more to love 
the game of football. Yeah, I've got to admit that there's been a part of me that for a while looked at sort of women's rugby and maybe questioned its depth and really questioned its place, not so much sevens. But even recently I was involved with the New Zealand Defence Force and they had their Women's Rugby World Cup running alongside of this. And then as a commentator I got to call it and I got to go behind the scenes and it just changed my, it just changed my perception completely. Um, and then clearly knowing that some of these players aren't quite good enough to get into the ferns made me then appreciate the quality of women's rugby players in this country. You, you mentioned something interesting around the seven side of it. We had that for a long time, didn't we, with where our sevens team became, was really just a whole lot of 15, 15 players, you know, players that predominantly played in the 15s coming together and forming a sevens team. Sevens has become very, very specialised. But because we perhaps still don't quite have the depth in the senior ranks of women's rugby, I think that is going to still be one of the challenges, isn't it, to have pure sevens players and pure 15s players. But that's primarily where I think New Zealand women's rugby would like to get the game to. In the men's game, what you talk about when we had the Christian Colours, the Jonah Lomas, oh, those types of players, and they didn't have the lure of a gold medal. Correct. An Olympic gold medal is unique to sport. Yep. I mean, the great Colomides, the great Sean Fitzpatrick, the great Zinzanbrook, they do not have an Olympic gold medal in their stable. So the Sevens players have an opportunity to win an Olympic gold medal and to be called an Olympian, to be called an Olympic gold medalist, and that is there for life. So that is the real balancing act for the Porsche women's Hernies, those and, types and, of players. And, and a challenge, and a challenge going forward for New Zealand rugby. But can I just say that I do need to take a break, but keen to get your thoughts on 0800-150811. In fact, I'll come back with the point that I do want to make to continue the discussion. And this is a positive discussion. Please, we want you to jump on the phone and celebrate the performance of the Black Ferns. Just look, sport, it's got to be more than just it's got to be more than just the game. It's It's got to be an experience. And that was an experience last night. That was so much greater than the sum of its parts. That was a moment of nationalism. That brought the country together. For a period of time there, we put all our differences to one side and we were bleeding black, weren't we? Jump on the phone, 0800 150 Text that's coming. Hi, Mark. Hi, Ian. Great win to the Black Ferns. Great to see them jump in a defensive line-out. I'm a little sick of New Zealand rugby football being criticised for their women's rugby strategy. New Zealand rugby have given the women's game $40 million in the last two years, so they're doing as much as they can based on how much money is actually allowed. And I think that's fair too. The game still does need to prove itself, and it still needs to prove itself beyond this World Cup commercially. But a really, really big statement made last night. 26 and a half minutes after one, 0800 150 811 is the number. Here's some tips for maintaining your Trex deck. Um, occasionally wash it with some soapy water or a pressure cleaner. Trex composite decking is low maintenance and won't fade, splinter or warp. Trex, the world's number one decking brand.